KBLA Talk 1580. That's given, it's, given, it's given front page, but this is the theme song for our guest. He's in studio with us now. Uh, he is a candidate for City Council of Los Angeles, District 10. Uh, he says he's passionate about social activism and proclaims a theology open and accessible to all. He's a third-generation pastor, serves the historic McCarty Memorial uh, Christian Church in West Adams. That's a neighborhood in L.A. And he is known to be an activist as well, Pastor Eddie Anderson. Good morning and happy birthday. Thank you. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yeah, I guess your birthday was what, Wednesday? It was Wednesday. We're a little late, but happy belated. So you are running for city council. Yes. And I'm sure some people are saying you're a progressive, you're an activist, you're leading a church. We, why not stay there? We need you there. Why jump to elected office? Yeah, um, because I feel called to serve. Uh, I was listening to my community, and before I decided to run for office, I did 100 one-to-ones in the neighborhood. Uh, and in the community around with leaders to figure out, you know, how are they feeling? Because I had served as a redistricting commissioner. I've served, I'm a community organizer, work with LA Voice. And so we've been passing a bunch of policies and we've led protests uh, in the street and building coalition, but the implementation wasn't happening for people uh, on the ground. Um, and so they said, Pastor, why don't you run? Why don't you uh, run for office? And so I took some time, listened to neighbors, listened to community listen to people across the district uh, and decided to run because our community deserves it, right? Our community deserves good street services. They deserve uh, senior housing. They deserve uh, to make sure that we are reinvesting in our neighborhoods and communities uh, around and not displacing uh, folks who have been here for a long period of time. Uh, we deserve that. We deserve to have our voice heard in City Hall. Uh, and that's what I'm doing. And I, and I always say it's the I do a politics of multiplication, not division. So it's not uh, me leaving the church. I'm a Morehouse man, and one of the people that I look up to and had a conversation about this with was Raphael Warnock, uh, the senator from Georgia. And I said, what changed uh, when you went to the Senate? And he said, the tenor of conversation changed uh, on Capitol Hill. Mm. And he said, well, how do you pass the church? He says, well, I have operations team, I have ministers, the church is already led by its leaders, uh, and he still preaches. And I said, oh, you know, that's what I would do in L.A. I would continue to preach. Uh, I wouldn't you know, be employed by the church, but I would continue to preach and keep me close to the people so I could hear what's going on in the neighborhood. You know, I got to ask you about reparations because it's yeah. a Freedman Friday. We just came off of a robust conversation with Attorney George Fothery, and the city of Los Angeles does have, under the Civil Rights Department, a reparations task force, yes, uh, or I guess it's called an advisory commission. So, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's time for us to get reparations. The state is trying to wrestle with how we do that. Um, the city has to repair the harm as well. And I think the city has even stronger of a case in some parts of the state, right? Because, for instance, CD10 um, is where we put the 10 freeway, right? And so we removed a lot of black people uh, from their homes, Right. And so what is our crisis in L.A.? It's affordability. It's housing. Right. So I think reparations uh, is the way that move forward to make sure folks are repairing some of that harm. And I've been a part of some of those calls uh, on the city, my church members as well, listening in what's possible. Is it cash payments? Is it uh, making sure that the utilities are lower for 
businesses in certain corridors? Uh, how do we do reparations? I think we, the city has to lead on that charge. Okay, sounds like that that is um, something you feel like we could be more creative about. Oh, absolutely. All right, I'm looking at your card here, the um, the vote for Pastor Eddie Anderson card. Um, and, and you have sort of a platform here. Mm-hmm. Part of it has to do with housing, which, yeah. you know, you connected to reparations there. Homes for people who live, uh, homes for people to live in and that we can afford. I think everyone would agree with that. It's not controversial. What's controversial is the how. Yes. So everyone wants to know, how do we get more affordable housing? And one of the things that I did while uh, getting, you know, before I decided to run for office was talk to the planners in the city and ask them, how are you approving the planning? How are you approving the plans that we for the housing we build in the city? And it was like, well, we need more help, right? We need ordinances that allow us to approve uh, housing that is actually affordable and like low income, like very low income um, housing. Which is really what we actually yeah, need. Which we, we actually need. Uh, and so that's one way forward around how do we standardize some of the planning process and the ordinances that we write from City Hall and give to the planning department to approve. Uh, the other is social housing, right? How do we build more social housing uh, in our community as well? And that's why I helped pass ULA, uh, which was tenant protections, but it was also was around social housing and also rental relief from mom and pop landlords to stabilize the market as well. We got to implement that in a very, very real way and entitle the land before we give it to developers to cut down on some of the costs and then help them cut through some of the bureaucracy uh, that ED1 is starting to do, but we can do better at uh, in our city. Pastor Eddie Anderson, uh, another conversation that comes up, there's a bunch of people running for yeah. um, city council, District 10. We have a sitting councilwoman who's a black woman, mm-hmm. popular in the community, uh, and, you know, an experienced lawmaker. You have uh, another black man coming from the assembly, another experienced lawmaker. Um, and so why jump in in that situation when, in fact, you've got so many candidates, we can end up with no black person in the runoff or no black person in representation of Council District 10? Yeah, because I believe we need a strong advocate and someone who's from the community that for a lot of for a long time as I've been doing knocking on doors and I've personally since November have knocked on over 5,000 doors in the community uh, and what I've heard people say to me is uh, they don't get pick up people don't pick up the phone when they call I heard people say like who's going to trim these trees who's going to fix the sidewalk why are people speeding in my neighborhood I wish they would quit trimming my trees <laughs> so much what oh. happened to our shade canopy but yeah I feel you yeah and so, I live in 10 obviously yeah uh, and so when I'm hearing these issues um, I think what I bring different uh, and I think what LA Times had endorsed me uh, endorses me is because I do on the ground coalition work and I'm hearing what's going on, but I also have the skills. I have 10 years of skills of actually writing policy and getting it passed on the state, local, and federal level, uh, making sure that we are pushing those policies forward. So I bring both of those things uh, to the office, which we haven't really seen uh, in CD10 in quite a while. And even though we're having, uh, well, you know, I, I mean, I could argue that. I, you know, I've lived in CD10 for a long time, but I don't want to get into that because this is about you, right? But, um, you know, the other thing, and I'm sure we're having a lot of conversation in this country right now about generations of leadership. Yeah. You're a young guy. Yeah. A lot of people would say, why not wait? Why not let, you know, Heather Hutt do her thing? Or if the voters elect, you know, Reggie Jones-Sawyer, or if they elect 
Grace Yu, a Korean-American lawyer, why not let them have this moment and you could run in four years or eight years because you're a young guy? Because I would say that the majority of the population of CD10 is actually people who who are millennials, young folks who are in my age You're a group. millennial. Yes, yeah, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Um, I would also argue that uh, it's not about age, it's about what you produced. And I think if you look at the records of what we've done in the last decade, um, my record compared to anyone else, I'm, I will stand by it, that I've been able to get a lot of things accomplished and done for the people, with people, uh, in community, and in our generations now, right? Like when we look at who are the leaders that are uh, leading our country, who is shaping the conversation uh, across our, even in our assembly district, Isaac Bryan, he's younger than me, actually. Uh, he's our, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> our assembly uh, a person. When we look at Justin Jefferson, um, Justin uh, Jones in Tennessee, who's also a fellow with me with the Beerman Fellowship. He's younger than me as well. He's like 27, uh, leading the charge in uh, Tennessee. When we look at AOC uh, in uh, New York. When we look at the historical black history. But those folks unseated democratic stalwarts older white folks this is a little different yeah i'm just saying but what i'm saying is that black that young people have always helped lead the charge uh and historically it's been that for a while look at all of our rights like mlk john lewis all these people were young right they were uh under the age of 35 when they were leading uh our our people and they have innovative ideas and i think that's what i bring and i've been able to the pastor, young, old, uh, and then you've got Reverend Lawson, who's ninety-five and still leading. And Reverend Lawson's my mentor, right? right. I, I, right. He's, he's my mentor. He's helped me uh, through many, many years. He awarded me the Thomas Kilgore Award and uh, pronounced everyone that he sees me as the person picking up the prophetic mantle that they started in the civil rights movement. And so that's the kind of work that we can bring and the innovation that we need uh, for our city. And it's not to leave anyone out. I'm building coalition. So, right. uh, I mean, but to, d- worth noting, Pastor Lawson never ran for office. He never ran for office uh, and neither did MLK. Right. Um, but when you see what's going on in our city and how we can uh, actually improve it, there's only so much you can do from the church. And, and I know that. Like, I, my congregation uh, has been helping the community for 92 years. I have a nonprofit uh, that's been working and invested over $8 million in the community. We're building grocery stores. We're hiring people. We're doing new jobs. Um, I've passed many legislation. But I realize that if there's not an inside-outside strategy, we spend most of our time lobbying politicians to figure out, can you hear what the people are saying? It will be different if the person at the seat actually is from the community, hears community, organizing this community, help fight for these things. So you're not lobbying them, you're dreaming with them around what's possible and fighting to make sure the district is whole. Talking with Pastor Eddie Anderson, he is running for city council. District 10 in Los Angeles. And when we come forward, I do want to address that. You you mentioned the LA Times endorsement. A lot of people were, frankly, quite surprised by that. I want to um, talk about why you think that happened and what you told them. Probably some of the things on this card. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come when we forward, come forward includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Okay, we're talking with Pastor Eddie Anderson, getting a little distracted by the KBLA YouTube chat. You can jump in and see for yourself. Eddie Anderson is running for L.A. City Council District 10. Let's go through these. 
Fight poverty and not the poor. What do you mean by that? Fight poverty, not the poor means that in CD10 and across L.A., we have a lot of things that we, we do that criminalize poverty. Uh, the way that we ticket people, the way we arrest folks, but it's also the way that we help people when it comes to homelessness. So the big leap should be enshrined, which is the guaranteed basic income program that Los Angeles did uh, and has not refunded uh, in our city. Uh, the things like making sure that there are protections for commercial tenants because Lambert Park, for instance, the people don't have leases and so they may get moved out of their community. These are these are things that we're penalizing people for being poor or trying to make it in society. So that's how we fight poverty, not the poor. Okay. Before we go through the rest of this, you know, I teed up the LA Times yeah. endorsement. A lot of people were surprised. I know you meet with the editorial board, right? And then they ask you a bunch of questions. Yes. So the LA Times way it works is, uh, I was, let me tell you, this is the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Uh, so I talked to the LA Times editorial board. They brought the entire board. Right. So these wow. are all specialists in their field. And it's not and I want to be clear for folks that it's not like you meet with them once and then you get they make a decision. Uh, they call people right in the community, community leaders. I had nonprofit leaders <laughs> calling me and people calling me from K-Town all the way to Lambert Park. And I'm not playing uh, whether people who organize with me, people who come to church at the congregation, people who have been benefiting from some of the grants that we've given they talk to everybody um to figure out are you who you say you are and is your work ethic who you say you are what we say it is and can you actually do this and so when they uh talk about me being pragmatic and talking about being a coalition uh builder uh that's vetted that's not haphazard uh they they've done their deep research uh they went all the way in uh to you know how I make decisions, and and I, I told my wife, I said they may be looking, you know, they may be calling you soon to figure out how <laughs> kind of husband I am. Uh, you know, that's how deep they Did do. They? I don't, I don't know. She, she won't <laughs> uh, but that's how it works. And I think what they heard from people across the entire district, from many ethnic backgrounds, from nonprofit executives to community organizers to everyday folks and business owners, was that no, Pastor Eddie actually shown up. He's been doing the work, uh, and he can actually build the coalition. Mm. Well, you know, and they and they say that they're all five people that are running are worthy candidates who would bring different strengths to the job. So they start there. They do um, endorse you. And they also talk about how you've had some struggles in the community around the church yeah. where you tried to make uh, the gym there into mm -hmm. um, shelter for unsheltered folks. And and so I guess, you know, maybe there could be concerns that you're going to go too far. Well, I think it means that whatever that they, is. What they bring that up is I understand part of what if a city council person's job is, is to listen to community and hear hard things um, and to understand that we may not always agree, but you got to have your moral compass. You got to have your convictions and then move forward for the benefit of the be of the entire community. And so, yes, the, uh, when you talk about neighbors who have literally try to shut down the church in many ways um, for the work that we do in community to benefit the, the neighborhood kids, to feed the neighbors around, to bring social programming uh, to our community. I know what that means. I know what it feels like uh, to do that and to have those hard conversations and still show up and serve. 
right? Uh, it didn't stop us from serving. We figured out how to serve better and how to make a deeper impact in the neighborhood. Yeah, they also mentioned gentrification. That's been been a hot topic. Always will be until we fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been hearing lately people saying they're building too much in CD10. Yeah. I, I think it's, I don't know what that, is that NIMBYism or is it, you know, because we don't believe the stuff is really affordable and what do you plan to do about it? I mean, what I've heard from residents um, is that they're building too fast because people were like, when do we get to have our input? When do we get to look at the community plan? When no Right, but if we're half a million um, units short uh, statewide, we can't build too fast, can we? we I mean, no, I, I would say what I respond to folks is that what I hear is people want to be informed. They feel like right. it's happening and then to wait. us, not with us. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the change, right? It needs to happen with us, not to us. We all are stakeholders in the community. We all pay taxes. Some people live for 50 years. Some people live for four years. Um, but if you're walking down the street and one day now there's a whole building and you don't know who's moving into that building, you know nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of right. So the city council person job is to convene those conversations, to give the information, to let people know what's going on. Because the city council person in their office should be aware of what's going up in their district. Well, yeah. Uh, and so that's part of the information, um, transparency and accountability. You say on your flyer here, um, and by the way, it's Anderson2024.com, Anderson2024.com. If you're trying to find out more, donate, volunteer, or hate, it's all there, (laughs) Anderson2024.com. You say reimagine public safety and invest in neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, So I believe public safety is the presence of wellness in our community, right? And so a couple of things, uh, and I told the LA Times this, and this has been consistent. I've helped through the Black Lives Matter movement uh, in this city as well, and found a culture of black lives. So what do I mean by that? I mean right side in the LAPD budget, right? Uh, we don't need to give the LAPD more money because when I talk to residents from uh, Fairfax District all the way to Lamert Park, they tell me that the police, the slows, senior lead officers tell them, we can't come if you you know, something's going on in your neighborhood. Uh, unless it's like very, very, very violent, right? They'll come after the fact. And why is that? Because they are also doing multiple things that they are not supposed to be doing, right? Like police officers are not mental health workers. Police officers are not supposed to be doing Airbnb um, permits, right? Police officers aren't supposed to be doing that kind of, of work. Uh, so one, right size in the LAPD and then investing in grid, investing in uh, violence interruption workers, investing in trauma centers, investing in making sure that we fund the departments uh, so that we can have the lights work in our neighborhoods uh, and that the trees get trimmed correctly and that the sidewalks are are good. Investing in community uh, means making sure the legacy businesses don't leave so, and that they are able to make a profit in community so that they can hire the neighbors around. That's how you stop, a, you know, and hire the young folks in our community. Uh, investing in our community is what we're doing in Lumber Park, right? We saw a community uh, a blight in our neighborhood, uh, and we're, you know, building a grocery store and a market and putting a community garden inside. Uh, when we saw that uh, the folks in West Adams, they needed uh, some help, and so we decided, all right, let's invest in the neighborhood and help the, uh, the Black-owned businesses that are on the corridor figure out what they're doing. So, you know, sponsoring headwraps in the park, right? You know, that kind of thing I is like how you... In the park. Okay, you yeah. got two minutes here. I want to use it wisely. First, give us your one-minute pitch. Why should we vote Eddie Anderson, Council District 10, LA City Council? Uh, you should vote uh, for Eddie Anderson because it's time to break up the status quo. 
It's time to have a new coalition for your voices to fully be heard, uh, to reinvest uh, in the communities around, to fight poverty and not the poor, uh, to make sure uh, that we have a district that not only sees you, but hears you and works with you. Uh, and you need a proven leader, someone who's been a community organizer, someone who's been a business owner, someone who has fought with you uh, to make sure that the best parts of CD10 is walkable, livable and affordable for all of us. Mm. And um, why do you think you can get all of these things done? You know, I think, especially those of us activists on the outside, why don't they do this? But there's always obstacles and, you know, systems in place that can stop it. Why do you think you can get it done? Uh, I think I have a proven track record of being able to organize inside and outside of government and get hard things done uh, for the residents and for everyday folks. Uh, I've met with city department heads. I've met with city planners. I've met with city councilmen that are already there. And I've met with community, most importantly. Uh, and I've listened deeply. And I've been able to make those changes happen uh, from the church and organizing how much more could i get done uh working with you all if, as a elected official 30 seconds it's yours yeah so i, I just want to encourage everyone in cd10 and listening to have a vision a vision for a better los angeles and realize what's in your hand we need you to vote in the primary we can make this change and uh, we can make sure that everyone is included in our society and have equity and, and encourage the folks around you uh, to vote for someone with a vision. I think the LA Times, LA Progressive, and over 30 civil rights organizations and the most progressive voter guys have endorsed me because they know I show up, I'm there, and we get it done. Pastor Eddie Anderson, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward.